Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. Welcome first-time listeners and welcome back long-time listeners. And you not-so-long-time listeners as well. It's okay. We love you all the same. Got a big show this week. Brock is going to be reviewing the new Timothy Zahn novel, Choices of One, where Mara Jade may be dead in the Star Wars universe, but Zahn keeps writing on. I hope I didn't just spoil anybody. She died years ago, so hopefully that's fine. Also, this episode, we're going to be playing your voicemails. We've got a Hasbro Q&A, a lot of online Star Wars license news to talk about. But first, our store report. and We actually have one. Not as good as last Last week's store report. Last week was really a phenomenal store report. This week, found some new stuff over at Target. They have put out end caps. They have the Kidified Force FX lightsabers, which are very cool, especially for the price. I think that those will be the Star Wars Christmas gift this year. That's my prediction, because at that price, I mean, in addition to being great for kids to play with, what an office tchotchke. Yeah, You can't exactly. keep the full-size FX lightsaber in your cube, but you can keep a little one and mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, I picked sure if you know Dogbert and the out-out demons of stupidity wand, you could have the lightsaber that would out the demons of stupidity from your cubicle. They also, in that end cap, have put out lots of new figures. Not really vintage figures. I did finally see some vintage figures at mine. I got to see the low-gray figure and some from those later waves. But what excited me was seeing new Saga Legends and new Clone Wars figures, including that hard-to-find Barris Ophi, Eeth Koth, and couple troopers wave of figures that short-shipped initially, found those at Target, and was very happy to pick up a couple extra of those troops to have some openers. And I also found the elusive Space Trooper Saga Legends figure. And they had a sale on them, so I got them for less than $7 a figure. That's always a bless. They also put out the new Mini Transformers. Now, we saw these at Comic-Con and didn't really talk about them too much. These are showing up at Target and now at Toys R Us. And I gotta say, even though I really soured on the Transformers crossovers line, especially as the prices got higher, kind of tempted by these new Transformers. Here's the thing. They kind of look like the titanium vehicles because they're actually really good vehicles, it turns out, and not so Transformer-y or Transformer-ish. I don't know what you would call that. I'm sure somebody will correct me. 
But they look like a cross between the mini titaniums and the big titaniums, like just the mid-range. And they weren't bad looking. They didn't have that bad of paint jobs. They didn't look like a Transformer. No, the one that really impressed me was Obi-Wan Starfighter. I thought Mm -hmm. that one looked very good. It did. They've got good detail on them. I think because it's a smaller size, the seams just aren't as visible. I also like that they put them on smaller cards. Yeah. It's very compact. The other Transformers, especially on card, just took up so much space. And if you've listened for a long time, you know that when I was buying the Transformer crossovers, I was buying them for the vehicle mode because I'm a fan of the vehicles. I thought the robot modes were silly and dumb. I, again, until you give me that crossover story where Optimus Prime and the Darth Vader Death Star somehow go to battle, doesn't work for me. You know, the robots are going to eat your medicine first so in the robot invasion. These, at $7.99, I could see myself maybe picking and choosing. If they got into some OT vehicles, if I saw a Millennium Falcon or an X-Wing and they looked as good as the prequel vehicles they're putting out right now, I can see myself picking some of these up. They look good in vehicle mode, and I'll just be buying them uh, like I would titaniums. And at Target, they're $7.99, which is only a buck or two more than I was paying for titaniums that were much smaller, admittedly higher quality and die-cast, but much smaller. At Toys R Us, everything's more expensive at Toys R Us. <laughs> they're $9.99. And getting a lot of reports, Toys R Us and Kmart exclusives. Kmart, of course, having the exclusive B-Wing vintage. Haven't seen that at ours. And and Toys R Us has the Y-Wing. Have not seen that at ours. But ours did restock. We again got new vintage figures. We got new battle packs. Some of those three packs there. Some of which I hadn't seen before. But those three packs of figures were $19.99 at Walmart and at Target. $24.99 at Toys R Us. I just forget it. I am not going to buy them there. I would rather go online than pay $25 for three figures at Toys R Us when it's $5 cheaper. If I just wait, I think I'm going to find these packs at Target and Walmart. Absolutely. You will find them. Just play the waiting game. I did at ours find that Republic Commando video game box set, and there was a lot of speculation. Would these be showing up in stores? Because the release said that they were a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive at the Entertainment Earth booth and a Toys R Us.com exclusive, which to me says they're not showing up in stores. Mm-mm. But we'd heard some reports from California of some showing up last week. I still wasn't sure, because if you'd bought them from Toys R Us.com, you could return them to the stores. But now they've hit the Midwest, and I've seen them, Jerry's seen them. Them, so. so it's not an exclusive. It is. It's just a Toys, Toys R Us, R Us exclusive. exclusive. It's not a Comic-Con exclusive or a website exclusive. You can buy them anywhere at Toys R Us's. Right. And didn't you pay 50 for our set? I believe so. Yeah, they were 40 in stores. <laughs> so not only did we have to pay to ship them home, but we paid 10 more. Up Honestly, up. I didn't have to get a bigger box because I had that little toy. It's okay. It is. but and I killed time while you interviewed Timothy Zahn. This is true. What I didn't see is the pack that I believe is shipping with it, the four. Force Unleashed 2-pack. Now, I hit Toys R Us every day this week looking for the Y-Wing and looking for the Force Unleashed 2-pack. And on Thursday night, I went in, and they had nothing. On Friday, I went in, and they had one Republic Commando set. So somewhere in there, they stocked, and it's possible that they just completely sold out of the Force Unleashed 2 ones and most of the Republic Commandos in one day. So I got to hope for a restock on those. Toys R Us exclusives usually aren't that hard to find. Usually, at the first, it's a bit of a chore, and then they just 
just keep shipping them and shipping them, and you eventually find them in mass if you go regularly. But then they never put them on clearance. Toys R Us is stingy with the Star Wars clearance. They're stingy with any clearance. Here's yeah. what I find really funny is they still have the old Clone Wars Y-Wing there for $70 when they're going to be getting in the new one, yeah. which is more iconic, and it's going to be almost half that price, around $40. And I highly suggest you head to Facebook, and while at Facebook, you can like Star Wars Action News and get all of our new show updates and store reports online where Barrett, Jerry, Marjorie, and I keep things going, and Dan. But also, if you like Toys R Us on Facebook, right now you get a 20% off coupon, and this is going to be great with the Y-Wing or with any of these figure packs, or if you find some of the battle packs you need and you want to pay Walmart price 20% off, and now you're back at a regular price, here's the key with this. You can print this coupon three times. It's barcoded, so you have to print it a special way to get it three times. You like the page, and it says, click here to print your coupon. You click, and then it comes up, and it says, click to print now in a separate window. Click print there, send it to your printer. Now close that window so you're back at Facebook, and then hit the click to print coupon again. It will let you do this three times. You'll get three different barcodes, so you have three 20% off coupons to use on three different trips. It's one item. It's not 20% off your whole order. And in my experience, Toys R Us clerks, if you try to double coupon, act like you're trying to take money from their personal <laughs> wallets. So I would definitely say use them on different trips. Don't try to buy one item and ask for separate orders with coupons or buy one item and then go back to the beginning of the line and try to go through again because they will act again like you're stealing from them personally and try to cut your hand off. No, what you do is you get your spouse or child to buy something in a different aisle. That, or right behind you if it's your spouse. That's fine. But if there's just one of you, then yeah, separate trips. But you can print this three times. Now, I actually messed up the first time I printed this coupon and printed three of the same barcode and I came home de-liked and re-liked the Toys R Us page and was able to print three more. <laughs> so could you keep doing that? Well, I think it may be IP address based or it may be putting a cookie on your system. I do think that you could pretty much get as many of these coupons as you want. Again, it's only good for one item. Again, the clerks are going to try to stop you if they see you using it multiple times. But it's good for a couple more weeks. I believe it expires August 15th with the Y-Wing hitting and these battle packs hitting. 20% off, that's more money you can spend on more Star Wars. Exactly. Such as the new Jedi Force <laughs> figures, which are hitting in mass. Uh, I don't like them. You don't? No. I saw them, and I gotta say, I do like that they're articulated. That's something that kind of bothered me about the Galactic Heroes, was that they always were holding their guns up in the air, like they just didn't care, and were at a yeah, rave. Yeah, lack of articulation was a big downfall. However, here's the problem. They've kind of made the torsos a little more slender and not so chunky. And so now their big hands and big feet just look weird. They're just not, they're not cuddly and cute. You just don't know. See, I wasn't sure. And the one that I thought would get you, I looked at them all and I'm like, yeah, the Darth Vader and Stormtrooper, not really getting me. Yoda, Luke, no, no. Han, Chewie, mm, no. But then I saw there was a Jar Jar and that's your weakness. It is, but it didn't do anything for me. He had that little Jar Jar-y smirk. He did, but his hands looked like they belonged to somebody else. Maybe there's a very large Gungan and there was some sort of idle hands transplant. It just didn't do anything for me. I just, they're not cute. They're, they're tiny, yes, but they just look like regular figures with big hands. I wonder if this is something where they're going to improve over time and get more characterization. Because one of the things 
things that I liked about the Galactic Heroes were the little smirks on their faces, and they basically looked like, you know, they started off as a play school line, and they reminded me of the old Sesame Street people I used to have that had no legs, and they were just like barrel bodies with heads on top, and they had those smirks. That's what Galactic Heroes reminded me of. Here, these figures all look a little bit more dour, a little bit more serious. They're trying to be cute, but they're just not quite pulling it off, but I see what they're doing over with the Marvel line. I think those are a bit cuter. Still not superhero squad cute, galactic heroes cute, but they're better than what they offered for the Star Wars, so I wonder if it's a matter of either Lucas saying, ah, you can't do that to our characters, or just a matter of getting them a little bit more evolved. Maybe waves two and three will be better. Right now, again, with packing up my collection and looking at narrowing my focus, this is a great jumping off of the three-year-old toy point for me. It's like, well, I have a lot of toys here for three-year-olds. I don't need this line. And I never have bought any Jedi Force line. When they had the giant Jedi Force line that were like six inches and had the giant hands, I skipped on that entirely, even when we found it on clearance at Big Lots. Yeah, I'm just not feeling it on these. I just really... I can skip these. I'm okay. I'm down with the new Transformers, but not so much with the new Kitty Figs. What they need to do is give them personality. That's what they need, and that's maybe what they lack. I will say that the Marvel version of them, eh, they're okay. They're a little cuter. They've got a little bit more liberty to play with that license more, I think. But they're okay. I didn't buy those either, though. No. Moving to online news. Speaking of clearance, Backstage Toys, one of our sponsors, is having a clearance sale, and they've got some really cheap comic packs over there as well as some figures from the Clone Wars and Saga Legends lines. You can pick those up at BackstageToys.com. Now at Comic-Con at the Think Geek booth, we saw some Star Wars Bluetooth headsets and I said that they kind of looked a little bit cheesy because they had the standard clip art on them, but if you want to walk around with a big Star Wars logo hanging out of your ear... I. I like the concept because I think down the line you could get some cool things. If it was the X-Wings flying from Yavin towards the Death Star, that would be a cool logo. If it was maybe the Return of the Jedi poster, the teaser poster with the single hand and the lightsaber, that might be cool. What they have here looks very logo-y, but Big Shiny Robot did a review of the Bluetooth, so if you're wondering, well, yeah, it looks like Star Wars, but does it actually work? They have a review. Yeah, but you're still going to look like a doofus walking around with one of those in your ear. I don't care who you are or what you do. Are Come you on. saying a Star Wars one or just any Bluetooth? Any Bluetooth. I mean, yes, some states require it. That's great. Keep it in your car. I don't know. They're very handy at Comic-Con because on the main exhibit floor, you cannot hear your phone ring. No. If you have the Bluetooth, you can hear your phone ring, but then people can't hear you is what I found out because of all the background noise. So it did absolutely no good is what you're saying. Correct. What I also found out from Big Shiny Robot is that there are 10 different designs to the Star Wars Bluetooth. They only had a couple on display at Comic-Con, and I'm only seeing one here, but there are more coming. Because we're in a state that requires Bluetooth when driving in construction zones, and in the summer, every zone's a construction zone. If they had a really cool design, (laughs) I would buy one. Look like a doofus with a Star Wars Bluetooth in your ear. Because it's any Bluetooth. You can put whatever you want in front of that Bluetooth. You're still going to look like a doofus. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of new licenses, remember when Wizards of the Coast lost their Star Wars minis and role-playing game license last year, and they really hadn't done too much with the role-playing game in a while, and the card game had kind of died down. They'd really put their stake in the minis. It took longer than I thought, but I said back then, 
somebody else is going to pick up this license. It's been picked up by a company I haven't heard of before called Fantasy Flight Games, and they are now the owners of the trading card game, minis game, and role-playing game licenses. They've already announced two new products that are going to be coming out in early 2012. The first is going to be an X-Wing miniatures game, which stages X-Wing battles, which is going to be kind of cool. I know that Wizards of the Coast got into some of the space-based minis games. I own some of them. And from what I could tell, it never really caught on the way the ground-based minis game did with all the powers and things. I like the idea of having ships of different scales. They're also doing Star Wars The Card Game, the most vanilla-named game. It's not a trading card game. It's not a collectible card game. Now it's just a card game, which makes me think it's like Gin Rummy with Star Wars characters or something. Yeah, the card game? Star Wars Uno. Yeah, don't give him any ideas. For me, I'm really interested in seeing what they do with stuff that's come out before. The card game, I'm going to look at it, and I'm sure it's going to be collectible cards, because that's what everybody does. But I guess CCG and TCG have been done. They need something else, so it's just CG. But they also say they're going to be announcing additional Star Wars card, role-playing, and miniatures games in the coming months. And I don't know if I think it's a great idea to start saying you're going to have multiple minis games. You're going to have the X-Wing minis game, and then you're going to have a different minis game. I think Wizards of the Coast did it right by having, like, all the minis different waves that would play together and things, so that way you feel like you're really getting into an expansive game. Was it a sales thing why Wizards dropped it, or was it just it had run its course? I think that a lot of it had to do with sales. The role-playing game books really became highly valued among those who want them. I mean, again, the Knights of the Old Republic one, well over $100 on Amazon, because it just didn't sell well enough to keep printing them. The minis games seem to really have a devout following. Of course, there's Mark Cheddar's minis podcast still going on because people still love and still play that game. But the Star Wars license is not a cheap one, and I think that Decipher and Wizard may have both found the same thing, is that it's just not going to pay for itself if you only have one hit product or one mild hit product. They've really got to strike hard, strike fast, and strike on multiple fronts. They've got to have the role-playing game and the CCG and the minis all really hitting with separate or the same audiences, but hitting with audiences in order to pay for the license for all of them. And Mm -hmm. it seems to be Wizard combined all of these, whereas before we had Decipher doing the customizable card game and we had West End Games doing the role-playing game. By lumping these all together, it obviously is going to cost more and you got to have the sales to justify it. And I think we've seen time and time again that while putting the name Star Wars on something is enough to get attention, if you're putting the name Star Wars on something that's not fun, not quality, it's not going to sell. So we are a picky Star Wars fan base. Honestly, it's got to have good rules too because if the game sucks, no one's going to play it. Exactly. But I'm very interested in seeing what they do, what they come out with. Role-playing game books, even though I haven't played a role-playing game in well over a decade, role-playing game books are some of my favorite collectibles because of all the art. You know, you get all these novels and they talk about these different aliens and things, but it's the role-playing games that give you the art to show you what they look like and really hammer it down and you get a bunch of good artists working on them, Chris Trevis and all of them. And I was loving the role-playing game books that were put out, even if I never read the rules once. I just looked at the pictures and read the descriptions and they're a great go-to guide. Admittedly, Wikipedia has replaced RPGs as my go-to guide for aliens, but for pictures and things, I really like them, so I'm interested to see what they do. Now, Arnie, do you ever get lost when you're driving someplace? No, because I'm the Han, you're the Chewy. You tell me where I go. That is correct. But if I wasn't around, you'd probably want a Garmin. I have an iPhone. Okay, but maybe you'd want a Garmin that had Star 
Star Wars voices? That I would. Do you want Yoda telling you, turn it around, turn it around? I can't do a good Yoda voice. Well, here, this is a clip from the Yoda garm. Help you, I can. Yes. <clears throat> Take you to your destination. I will. When 900 years old, you reach. Navigate as well. You will not. Hmm? Your destination you have reached. Powerful you have become. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. If I had a Garmin, these are the voices my Garmin would have. <laughs> Since I don't have a Garmin, and I don't really feel the need for one, I don't think this is going to make me rush out and buy a Garmin. Now, I find it cool that the Yoda voice is Tom Kane, who is the Yoda voice now, because Frank Oz, either too busy or too snooty, you take your pick, but... Too rich? Possibly that, too. I thought he was dead, honestly. Well, he did all the movies. How about but... five seconds ago? Now, the Darth Vader one they have... You have reached your destination. Impressive. Most impressive. Proceed as indicated. Don't make me destroy you. Go straight on. The Emperor awaits. That one I'm just not too drawn with. I think it's that Chad Vader guy who's done the voices for Vader on the Force Unleashed games, and just, he's no James Earl Jones. No. I don't find that was that amusing either, though. I'd probably go with Yoda because Tom Kane, he does a good Yoda. I'm, because of the Clone Wars, really accepting of that Yoda voice these days. It doesn't sound as off to me as a non-James Earl Jones Darth Vader does. That's true. But what I like to think is that now that I've just played some instructions, one of our listeners actually has this on their Garmin, and I've just confused them, and they've gone now on the right path. And speaking of Star Wars technology gadgets, at San Diego Comic Con, the big Mimobot hit was Han Solo in Carbonite. The Bosque was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive and did not sell out, but the Han Solo in Carbonite, which is not limited, sold out at Comic Con, and I see why. It is adorable. It is very cute, and I like the fact that they made it square and a rectangular shaped instead of just the weird Mimobot shape. So it's pretty cool. Well, what it is, is you get the Han Solo in his, you know, off-white shirt and pants as your actual thumb drive, and the Carbonite is the carrying case. So it actually costs a couple bucks more than your regular Memobot. But because, it's cute. But it's got a carrying case to protect your Memobot. I also noticed that the Memobots have really come down in price a lot. We talked about it on the show about how the Memobots were way too expensive. They're still way too expensive, but at least they've come down in price. I mean, right now, the back-to-school ads are on, right? And there's the one ad, I think it's for Staples, that has Manny from Modern Family. Otherwise known as Little Arnie. Extolling the virtues of a $5 4 gigabyte thumb drive. Yeah, who knew it ever cost that little? A Han Solo and Carbonite 4 gigabyte thumb drive is $30. But you're paying for Han in Star Wars. Exactly. And I'm perfectly fine with the 4 gigabyte size, which is what I'm ordering, because if you were actually going to use this, you can get a 16 gig for $53. 16 gigs still is not a whole lot of data storage to me. Mm -mm. And I've 
used MemoBots as actual thumb drives before. They scratch easily. The paint comes off real easily if you put them in your pocket with your keys or if you just throw them in your bag or what have you. These need to be taken care of if you want them to be collectible. And that's what my Haunted Carbonite will be. So since it's just something I'm keeping around, 4 gig and save myself about half the money. But you can get those right now at Momoko.com. Even though they sold out at Comic-Con, get it online now. I know it's only August, but it's time to start thinking about Star Wars calendars already. If you're going to be anywhere near borders, they're going out of business. They have the 2012 calendars out. We didn't see any Star Wars at the one we went to. I don't think the Star Wars ones come out as early as some others. It seems like calendars come out in two waves. And your Dilbert and your dog and horse and pony and cat calendars <laughs> always come out in the summer. And then closer to Halloween comes wave two, which is going to be your Star Wars and some of the other things. Now, over at megacalendars.com, which I ordered from, because, you know, as we've talked in previous years, sometimes Star Wars calendars are hard to find, and sometimes the only place I could find them is megacalendars.com. They have two online of the large scale. I haven't seen any sign of daily calendars. One is a Darth Vader calendar going from episode one through episode six, all movie-based. The other is also movie-based and comes with a DVD so that you can have a desktop wallpaper calendar. I always like it when the company does the DVDs. You know what I always find interesting about sites like this? Customers who bought this product also purchased the Farmer's Daughter catalog or the Xena Warrior Princess catalog. I always find those fun. Looking at the cover, I might buy the Farmer's Daughter's calendar. I'm not going to lie. But these are available. I'm sure they're coming to a mall kiosk near you real soon. Well, I wonder if that's going to change because a lot of those calendar kiosks in the malls were owned by Borders. Good point. So I wonder, like the day-to-day calendar company? Is a Borders. They're a Borders company. So I wonder if that's going to be gone. Probably because they're Borders. Well, now you have me wondering. Yeah, so this may impact you, actually. You may not be able to get your calendars. And then that, I wonder then what that's going to do to the calendar industry, because at least in the Midwest, and the near Midwest, every time you go to a mall around Christmas time, that's what was there, those Border calendar companies, the day by day. So what's going to happen to all the calendars that are being produced? Are they going to have an outlet? Megacalendars.com? Yeah, I guess they're probably going to be websites, but they didn't anticipate this, I'm sure, and I'm sure it takes years to plan out the licensing and everything, so this may have some rippling effects. I'm smart sometimes. I'm sorry, did I just destroy your Christmas now? Because you're wondering where you're going to get your calendar. Yeah, I'm now wondering what's going to happen with the calendars. I think I'll just wait. It's usually around the time the Spirit Halloween store opens, which should be any week now. They're actually hiring for it, I saw, so it should be opening real soon. It's about that time that the calendar kiosks come, too, so we'll have to keep an eye out for those. Now, over at Star Wars Action News sponsor Brian's Toys, they have new Kubricks in stock. It's the Deluxe Wave 3, the Deluxe being the Build-A-Figure. The Wave 1 was Build-A-Jabba. Wave 2 was Build-An-ATST. Wave 3, it's a New Hope Tatooine theme, and you build a land speeder. I'm not too thrilled about building the vehicles as I was about Jabba. However, that Grindin is super-duper cute. I'm okay just buying the cute Kubricks. I don't need every single one. Yeah, I think that this may be one. The Build-A-Land Speeder, I just, I don't know if that was the best opportunity. I'd prefer Build-A-Ronto. Yeah. You know, I realize it's special editions. 
so it's not 1977 A New Hope, it's 1997 A New Hope. But Aronto Kubrick could be very cute. Mm-hmm. A Dubak would be very cute. Dubak would be adorable. Build a land speeder. Seems like a little I, bit of a I'm missed okay. opportunity. Yeah, I'm okay with... I, see, I can control my collecting. I'm able to walk away and say, I just want the cute ones, the ones I like. Well, Brian's Toys has the whole set available, and you can get them right now $15 off because they're having a coupon code for $15 off any in-stock order of 75 or more with the code 15SUMMER. So 15SUMMER, you can save $15 off that. Or they have the Clone Wars Wave 5 in stock, which has my favorite figure from that wave, Serapis, with the little guy in the big suit, kind of like the giant from Men in Black. And you also get Stealth Ops clone, Jetpack, Captain Rex, Cold Weather Gear, Kit Fisto, and Spacefaring Sicey Tin. Use the code 15SUMMER to save $15 off that. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention that you heard about them and the sale and the coupon code from Star Wars Action News. It's a little drop down at the checkout. Well, I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Jedi Temple Archives. They just published their 800th Research Droid Review. And it was a Death Star set by Hasbro. And I know a lot of people are now cursing the Death Star set. Congrats, guys, on 800 reviews. I get that some people are really liking this set. I'm still not getting why. To me, it looks like a bunch of angular cardboard that's kind of poorly printed. But the figures inside are repacks. I mean, the cards are cool. They're going to be in stores this fall. The minifigs being numbered, yeah, that would bug the heck out of me too, though. That's why I bought some of the repacks I did back in the old Saga wave is because, well, I already have this figure, but he's number 26, and I can't have 25 and 27 without 26, so... We also have a Hasbro Q&A this week, and we're pretty much reading this out of obligation. Hasbro's been a bit behind on their Q&As. Yeah. So with question one, for example, when we've already know the answer here. The question was, we see the battle packs are being reduced to three figures, but what seems up in the air is if there's a price reduction to keep the packs to accompany this change. Can you tell us your MSRP for the new battle packs and if that's lower than the four-figure packs to which we have become accustomed? The suggested retail price for battle packs containing three figures is $19.99, down from $24.99 for four figures. Well, we knew that already, but now we need to know that Toys R Us is ignoring suggestions because the suggested retail price is $19.99. Toys R Us says, eh, add $5. Question two comes from Reverend Strone in our forums, and he wrote, as a snooty fan, referring to Cy Snoodles, from way back, I was sad to read your answer to a question about the character's plastic prospects from Action Figs. We just don't feel that Cy Snoodles is a compelling enough character to slot into the lineup right now. While your reasoning is certainly understandable, after her recent star turn in the Clone Wars episode Hunt for Zero, I hope you'd agree that snooty stocks just rose. On a similar note, Zero's continual bumping in search of an appropriate release opportunity is disappointing for fans of this galaxy's most flamboyant hut, though we appreciate you continuing to try to find a way to get him out. Is there any hope on the horizon for either character in light of the latest appearance together? Might these two be united in plastic immortality someday? A love that strong can't be held back 
and I just know Hasbro wouldn't want to be party to disappointing Snooty. That girl doesn't handle rejection too well. He writes the best questions, I just want to say. Right. I imagine Psy has her way of getting what she wants, but regardless of potential repercussions, neither Psy nor Zero will be making an appearance at retail in 2011 or 2012. We thank Hasbro and Hunter PR for eventually answering our questions, and we look forward to the next round of Q&As during the post-Christmas clearance sales. (laughs) And now, as promised, we had a lot of news the past couple weeks with store reports and San Diego Comic-Con news. We want to hear what you, our listeners, think about all of this. So here are are your voicemails. Hi, Star Wars Action News. Patrick here. Imperial TK Ninefold on the forum. Uh, um, I don't really have a store report, but I do have a collector's report. This weekend I got on Craigslist, and, you know, I was just looking for Star Wars stuff. Just, you know, made my first eBay account, so I was kind of looking around, trying to buy some stuff. Got this like a collecting bug. And uh, uh, I guess I guess I can call myself a collector now because I just bought the entire green carded power of the force line for a hundred bucks all mint on card it's the entire thing i'll be posting picks up on uh the form in the collecting area probably probably is look what i bought or something like that it's very cool uh the lady needed the money her son was a collector didn't want him anymore she was trying to pitch him for 300 went down to 100 i bought him and i gotta say i'm very very happy with this buy they're all really good condition really cared for them So, just my little story. I guess I can call myself a collector now. Thanks, guys. Bye. Congrats. That's a great find. Yeah, I just picked up a huge set of these myself, as I talked about a couple weeks ago. And I paid more than double what you did, so that's really good for Mint on Card. I love how people think they're going to fund their child's college education with old Star Wars figures. Especially the... The commons. The the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, anything modern age. And the Power of the Force, too, because so many people did think they were going to fund their college, those are some of the most over-collected figures. Yeah. Even the Episode 3 figures have held their value better than Power of the Force 2 era because, you know, there are some exceptions, the EU figs and some of the more rare freeze-frame figures, but by and large, because so many people bought them and kept them mint on card. Oops. I regularly see huge bins of them at cons where it's a dollar a figure on the mm-hmm. Power of the Force 2. And then, of course, you walk two booths down and it's $5 a figure, but great deal and it's a good collection to have. Hi, Arnie and Marjorie. This is Evan, Darth Shumway on the forums. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I was able to find the B-Wing fighter at the local Kmart, although I really, like you, don't like shopping at the Kmart. They actually happened to have two Case Fresh ones on the shelf. No one had touched them because they were tagged as $85 a piece. Luckily, when I took one up to the checkout, it rang up as you know, $39.99, so that was nice. So this one is in the Chester area, Chester, PA. So the other one is probably still on the shelf if someone wants to run down there and snap it up. I don't think anyone's going to touch it at that price point. Uh, One other thing, I also picked up the General Grievous attack cycle. And just a heads up to everybody, it doesn't rotate like the larger version at all. It just rolls on four little wheels. Um, Somehow that kind of bothers me a little bit. I kind of liked it rolling around. I guess that's just the way I roll. So anyway, just a heads up, um, if you're thinking about picking that up, that is not something that rolls around like the larger one. Okay. Thanks. Love the show. Bye-bye. 
I know we all wanted these giant vehicles, but $85? Ouch! Well, that's not out of line. I know, Sadly, but... Sadly, I mean, when we had the Y-Wings at 70 and $80, I could see this. I have to wonder, though, I mean, it could just be somebody put the wrong sticker on or that it was the wrong price initially. I've seen a lot more figure hiding and things going on in aisles lately than I had in years past, and I wonder if it's just the recessions getting to people where they don't have the money right away, and maybe they this is how you hide a, bu- a big box is by taking a $90 sticker off something else and put it on an item you want to come back for later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm theorizing and brainstorming here. But yeah, and that is a bummer about the Grievous wheel bike. That's really, really lame. Yeah, it is. I don't get that. They turned it into a Hot Wheels. Yeah. But thanks for the report and letting our listeners know. Hey, Arnie, Marjorie. <clears throat> this is Chris, Star Wars Collector 216 from the forums. I just got back from my local Target, and the pegs are filled with Wave 7. Uh, it's starting to feel uh, a little uh, relieving now that I'm seeing new figures hit the pegs. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone else is getting those. And they're still marked at 8.99. I heard rumor that they were down to 7.99 around there. But, um, nope, they're still at 8.99. So um, hope you guys have fun in San Diego. Enjoy the Comic-Con, and see you later. Thanks for the call. We did have a good time at the con. Yeah, Wave 7 is now showing up. Toys R Us, Walmart, and Target. And yeah, the prices never did come down. I'd heard a few reports of them coming down at some Targets, but certainly not at ours. It was just a sporadic thing. It's good to see the figures moving again. And what we heard at Comic-Con was that Wave 1 just clogged the pegs so much that Waves 3, 4, 5, and 6 just weren't ordered by stores and they were shipping online. Hopefully they are now regulating their shipments to the point that when Wedge ships again, we're going to be able to find him pretty well at stores. We can help, and we can also help the figures go down in price again, maybe just a little bit of a break. They won't. No. Maybe Christmas is coming up, so maybe we'll have some sales. That we can hope for. Hi, Arnie and Marjorie. It's Dave, Berserker Jedi on the forums. I'm just going to let you know that uh, in the Philadelphia metro area, I was able to find Wave 3 and Wave 7 at Target today. Um, it seems like they didn't have any other waves on the in-between, so it looks like they're just picking up where they left off, and uh, hopefully they'll have the rest of the waves coming soon. I was able to pick up a Barisophie, uh, a Han Solo, and Bespin gear, and I was actually able to find a Fordo. The box is a little messed up, but hopefully I'll be able to find another one. So uh, thanks. Thanks for that call. Actually, all you saw was the Wave 7 case. Now, you're like, but I saw Wave 3 figures and shaking your fist at me. Well, some Wave 3 figures are shipping in that Wave 7 case. In Wave 7's case, as shown on, like, Entertainment Earth, you get the Sand Trooper, the Episode 3 Clone Trooper, your Jedi Luke, and your Jango Fett, plus your Clone Trooper, your Bespin Han, your Barisofi, your Rebel Fleet Trooper, your Bomb Vimden, your Fordo, your Logre, and your Boba Fett. So that's why you're seeing the mixtures you are of Wave 1. One, Boba Fett, Wave 3, Jango Fett, and then Wave 7, Barisophie, and Bespin Hawk. I'm sorry, Bomb Vinden sounds like a good name for a band. I've always thought that. Hey, guys, it's Scott from Tulsa. It's, uh, well, it's the day the debacle wound up being the hottest thing on all the Star Wars Action News and Jedi Temple Archives and Yak Face and I'm sure everybody else's forums, the giant Hasbro release of the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. And everybody seems to be so up in arms about this. But you have to remember, 
Years ago, they didn't put exclusives online, and they finally did. Remember, you're not competing with your Star Wars fans. You're competing with everybody else. Did Hasbro kind of – could they have done it better? Yes. Previous years, they didn't tell you when they put them up. They just showed up online. So you heard bitching and moaning about people not knowing when they were going to be up and missed out on the opportunity. Well, they let everybody know at least today they were going to be up. Unfortunately, you're competing with G.I. Joe. Transformers, My Little Pony, Marvel, all those other guys that have exclusives as well. So everybody's got to compete. Did they try to do it right? Yeah. 30 minutes ahead of time, they released the Transformers and G.I. Joe and Nerf items. And then, you know, as their servers were getting totally pounded and bent over and spanked and were still smoking, they went ahead and put up the G.I. Joe and the Marvel exclusives, which didn't help by any means. So was it a pain in the ass and debacle? Yes. The downside is, yeah, a lot of people didn't get it. But remember, it wasn't exclusive. We've been extremely spoiled at the fact that they've allowed these exclusives to go up on Hasbro Toy Shop or Star Wars Shop when it was alive. So, yeah, there's going to be some really happy people who got it and then some not-so-unhappy people who didn't get it. And, yes, it sucks, but it wasn't exclusive. The revenge cards are going to be out there. Now, I'm not going to say whether I got one or didn't get one. I didn't go to get one of those. I was shooting for the Marvel Mighty Mugs, which I eventually, an hour and a half after they went up, finally got, and they're still available this afternoon while the Star Wars Revenge of the Jedi exclusive is sold out. But like prior years, the exclusives do pop up now and again when they get everybody's payments processed and items starting to send. All of a sudden, that item will pop up for another 30 minutes and then be gone as the two they found that didn't process properly go up for sale and immediately disappear. So it's not lost yet. So keep your eyes open and be thankful that they did put them up as opposed to immediately having to go to eBay to get them no matter what. Anyhow, stores are starting to flood with new product. Those new Ultimate $35 lightsabers are hitting targets. Pegs are starting to fill. I've seen the floodgates of at least the last couple waves, and then we get the dreary dark times, or as I like to call it, the Phantom Menace, which we'll see in 2012. <sighs> Thanks, Hasbro. Uh, anyhow, hope everybody's doing great, and we'll talk to you all later, and as always, good hunting. Thanks, Scott. I mean, I agree with you. I talked about this. I always go back to George Sekul, who was not available online. And then you've got, like, the Toy Fair Vader, who was available online very briefly. And I remember I was, I think, out of work where I was working nights at this time. I was working a weird shift. I just happened to be home when they put it up at Star Wars Shop. I think it was Star Wars Shop back then and got it the moment it went up. And, yeah, it's an exclusive. It's supposed to be harder to get. And then you get into the larger discussion of, well, are exclusives worth it? And again, I go back to my statement. It makes the hunt more fun. And it's what we said last week. I think it was last week that we quoted from Galactic Hunter. It's not collecting. If It's just you get it all. Then it becomes shopping. So they didn't have to put them online, plain and simple. They didn't have to do it. They did it. It's an exclusive. Does it cheapen the fact that it was an exclusive for those who actually went? Kind of. I still feel bad for people who got Sunday passes and were told it sold out and then they put hundreds of them online. Yeah, that's kind of not fair. I would be ticked if I only had a Sunday pass and I wasn't able to get them. However, you run the risk with any exclusive that they do sell out and you sometimes have to buy them aftermarket. It's just what happens. And again, we go through this. It's not just with Hasbro. Black Hole Stormtrooper comes to mind from Gentle Giant or the Sideshow exclusive 12-inch items. They These days, 
don't seem to crash Sideshow servers as often. I think they, they've got a more robust back end now. But those used to always crash their sites. It's just, I think that a lot of the Hasbro collectors that didn't get into the higher-end collecting and didn't fight over $60 busts and $100 figures may be experiencing this for the first time because, yeah, they've overproduced in years past and eventually had to mark it down, whereas here, they produced and it is now highly desired. I see them on eBay going for, in bids, well over $200 and several of the buy it now is over $300. But that's 12 figures. Toy Fair Vader was well over 100 for one. one. George Sakul was well over 100 for one. It's not the first, it's not the last, and I personally think that if you go to the site and you fight with the cookies and you just keep refreshing and refreshing. I think that's more fair than a raffle because at least the person, there may be an element of luck involved on whether or not your cart processes or not, but at least you had to be sitting there at the time and devoting the time to it versus everybody just throw your name in a hat and have your mother throw your name in a hat and your grandmother throw their name in a hat. And then we're just going to randomly pick who we get to send it to. I hate that. Yeah. You have no control over it. At least you try if you're trying to buy it online. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. you're at least clicking and refreshing, you're at least trying. But it was the Jorg Sakul. I remember talking to Daryl about this. It was Jorg Sakul that caused them to start making more and offering them more online and offering the Celebration 3 Vader online and the Celebration 4 Droids online. Will this open their eye? Again, I didn't predict this kind of demand for such an expensive item, such a large item of items that's just repacks. I didn't see this coming. So maybe Hasbro didn't either. And in future years, maybe it won't be this bad or maybe they like the buzz. Maybe they like the fact that people are hungering for Star Wars again. Everyone was hesitant with the price, and then all of a sudden, it's the hottest thing, which I was really shocked by. But I wonder if a lot of the buzz was created by the fact that, you know, people were standing in line for three hours and not getting it. And all these resellers were buying it and posting it up. And maybe people are thinking, oh, my God, I have to have this. It's hard to tell. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this. We went by ProTech cases at Comic-Con, and they were scalping it for 250 Yeah. I couldn't believe ProTech cases. I mean, they're an established, well-known company, but... They scalp. They scalped it because they could. I mean, I'm like, that made me slap my forehead. <laughs> Don't you feel you bad doing? you bought a poster tube from them? What are you doing? It's, just, it's They see a chance to make some money, so they were making it. And it's a terrible thing, and it always goes back to this with anything. It's the scalpers, the ones who I have to race in the toy aisle in the morning, and I'm buying for me, and they're buying for everybody. But maybe, again, I'm just a little bit jaded, but I'm happy to see something that has gotten Star Wars fans' interest up again. It seemed like, because of the lack of shipment, interest had waned. This has gotten people talking again, and that can't be a bad thing. That said, I've seen a lot of people emailing me saying I need to talk to Hasbro. Hasbro's not going to make more. It costs them way too much to do more runs. What are you going to do? That's what I don't understand. What are you going to say? You need to make more because I didn't get one. They don't care. It's an exclusive. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of it, is it's an exclusive. They do care. I'm not going to say they don't care, but they're not going to go back to the China and say, hey, make some more of these, print some more of these. It's an exclusive. Then they're going to anger the people who did get it at the con and things if they overproduce again. Honestly, it ran just like an exclusive would. I mean, limited at the con, limited online. They didn't have to put it online at all. 
I can understand where people would be mad if you could not get it at the con, but then they could go home and get it online. It's always this fine line where everyone's ticked off for some reason, but the bottom line is it's an exclusive. You're not guaranteed. You're not even guaranteed regular figures anymore, everyday releases. So Unless you join Brian's Toys One yeah. of Every Figure Club. And even then, though, I mean, if Hasbro doesn't ship, then they can't deliver. It, it comes down to supply and demand economics. And right now, demand of that Death Star set, much higher than I ever, ever imagined. Yeah, don't get it. Hey guys, this is Sonny from Paraland, Texas. I just wanted to report in real fast. I uh, actually went to my local Toys R Us and um, I know the DVD Blu-ray release isn't out yet, but I actually spotted the uh, four-pack of the commemorative DVD Blu-ray release there at Toys R Us. It was a little pricey. It was at $24.95. I kind of figured I'll wait a little bit. Uh, they had one for each episode. And I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if anybody else has seen that out yet, but uh, Toys R Us did have that out. I also went to Target to go uh, check out, you know, what's going on, you know, making my rounds. And uh, I ran into uh, non-action figures. Not too much going on. Still the Cloud City Pilots still hanging out there. Really, it seems too much action out there. But I was able to pick up these cool wall decals. I don't know if you guys seen them or not at Target. Uh, they have uh, they have special Clone Wars, and right now they're at five thirty eight, and which is a pretty good price. I picked up two of them, one to open and one to keep around for a while for later on. And I also got to uh, check out these cool T-shirts that they have out. Uh, one with the classic Star Wars poster on it, the gray T-shirt. Looks pretty good. I got that for nine bucks. And also something I hadn't seen: an adult Lego T-shirt. That's kind of cool. So I went ahead and picked that up. That was actually uh, 10 bucks. But I'm going to send you guys some pics, and um, I just wanted to report in. Not too much going on in down here south in Texas. So we're trying to stay, uh, uh, get some rain down here. So if you can, send some our way, guys. <laughs> anyway, have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call. Now, Marjorie, you do have an adult Lego shirt to support our troops. Yeah, it's a girl shirt. It's very cute. And based on your call, I did hit that little child decorating section at Target, and it seems like everything in there is on clearance. All the licenses, all the bedding, the wall stickers, all of it. They're probably making way for all new children's stuff in Christmas time. Is Christmas time a big time for kids' bedding? No, they just have seasonal resets, though. So check out your Target if you're looking for that. Maybe you'll be lucky and find one of those Yoda pillows like I have, the stuffed Yoda pillow type thing. Hey, Arnie and Marjorie. This is uh, Christian from Orlando, Florida. Darth Corgi on the forums. Just wanted to call and give you uh, just uh, a little bit of uh, my thoughts on um, the San Diego Comic-Con coverage. Uh, First of all, thanks a lot for going out there again and braving the crowds and um, you know, it sounds like you had fun in the process, but um, I know it was definitely stressful, you know, going ahead and getting all the news together for us. And um, I was able to watch the Ustream live of um, the Hasbro presentation. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, always enjoy your, you know, up-to-the-minute coverage that you guys do. Thanks so much for the whole team. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so I guess the big the big deal about the show this year was the crazy Death Star uh, exclusive from Hasbro. And, um, you know, I had my eye on this from Toy Fair when they first announced it and they first showed it. So, you know, I was keeping my eye. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend San Diego this year. Um, you know, I just missed it. Um, the, I was supposed to be out there, but uh, it turns out um, 
you know, uh, the book that was coming out is going to be out next year. So hopefully next year I'll make it. So I knew I wasn't going in advance. Um, so I was, the big question was how am I going to track down this exclusive? And I, you know, early on I could see the, the, the craziness, you know, all your reports coming in about it. Um, I went ahead, I did order it. Um, I ended up getting it on eBay. I think it was around, I think I waited a few days, but I had it by, uh, I think it was Saturday. I had finally gotten one on eBay. Uh, had it shipped to me. Um, and funny little story about that. I ended up, uh, uh, going ahead and, you know, tracking it ended up ended up picking it up for uh you know pretty good amount um definitely about double of what it was going for at the show um anyway i was tracking the info a few days after the con was over i'm looking online it says it got delivered and um i'm sitting there i'm like go back on my doorstep and i said where where is this thing i look outside no death star no big giant square package you know and so i go back in i check the you know, the uh, the tracking info again, and I realized that I had just moved, you know, just a few weeks ago, and I didn't change my address, that I actually had it shipped to my other address. Uh, the good news is I actually, we moved within our same neighborhood, so I was able to, uh, I knew it was close by, and, um, you know, just around the corner, literally. So it's 2 in the morning. I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I got to pick this up. So, uh, you know, but I'm like, 2 in the morning, I'm going to walk up on, if, if it's on this person's porch, and, you know, <laughs> even though it's to me in my old address, I'm like, I can't do that. So I was going to wait till morning. I'm sitting there, and about an hour goes by. Now it's like 3 in the morning, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> What if someone just goes by? You never know. Takes a big package that's just sitting there right off the porch, you know. And so finally I just get out, get on my bike, cruise on over in front. Sure enough, there it's sitting there. And I just kind of just walk right up, take it. I had my ID on me in the event that something happened. And, uh, you know, someone had stopped me. But uh, yeah, I had my ID because it was to me. So, um, you know, but here it is, you know, the bike I had. It was super noisy. It was, you know, I was making a bit of a racket. So I'm riding back to my house with this giant box, you know, on my handlebars at 3 in the morning. Pretty hilarious. Anyway, um, get back to the house, open it up. It's a beautiful set. I, You know, for me, it's uh, this is a must-have because, uh, you know, my the core of my collection is a 3 and 3 quarter inch. I don't really dip into the high-end stuff. So this was... Uh, I felt like this was a must for me, and even I know I was going to overpay. It, to me, that's okay. It's justified. But to me, the treat of the set is the Mastroid and Salacious Crumb. Uh, I'm not a card collector, but once the vintage collection started, I became a card collector. So, um, you know, I'm keeping, you know, uh, the card collection, you know, and, and these two were, uh, you know, unique and special. So I picked them up. I went ahead and splurged. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great set. I really do. And, um, you know, I know they're out there, and it's been a heated debate online. But um, it's one of those things, too. They also are repacks. You know, I'm pretty much, for everything up until recently, I've been an opener. So they are the same figures. Um, so, and it looks like, you know, that a lot of people are breaking the sets up. So if it was just Salacious Crumb and Mastroid you're looking for, it looks like there are quite a few um, people breaking the set up and actually selling the cards individually. So that's another chance. That's something I would have done um, had I not actually gotten the whole set. So anyway, thanks so much for everything. I'm going to 
go ahead and take off here. But um, just wanted to drop you a line and let you know uh, I appreciate all the coverage and keep up the great work. Take care. Bye. Christian, always good to hear from you, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you next year at Comic-Con. And if not at Comic-Con, certainly at Celebration. I also look forward to your new comic. But the Death Star set? I would have loved to see this, by the way. Yeah. I just want to say, I wish one of your neighbors was videoing this, because this would have been awesome to see some guy trying to carry a Death Star set. They are really, really big. I got to think that I hope you got a good price. I remember the night of preview night, I could have gotten them for 200 ship, and now... Again, people are doing buy it nows of 300 and some. The prices have really risen on these as word got out. So I think that it needs six months or so to cool for the prices to come back down. And it will. I implore listeners who really do want this to play the long game on it. I also did hit eBay. I couldn't find any salacious crumbs or mouse droids as of the time of this recording. I see people breaking up the sets. What I see are people selling everything but the Salacious Crumb and the Mouse Droid. Like, they bought the whole set, got the two minifigs, mm-hmm. and are now selling the rest of the figures. I do love the figures in the set. When I say it's not a good set, I'm primarily referring to the Death Star box. Again, it's huge. And you think, yes, it's huge. Okay, but you got to get to the reality of where you're going to display this and how are you going to display this. Are you going to display it open? It's twice as wide then. Are you going to display it closed? It's kind of some clip arty stuff. The figures in it are nice. And for me, it seems really good to have a moment. I wish they'd do this every year at San Diego Comic-Con with their hunt of the year, with the UGG figures. Just let me buy a full set of these foil figures or whatever you're going to chase me after this year. That's a really good idea, actually. And be done with it. I like that, because I hate, hate, hate chase figures in stores. I would be so up for, even if they just sold them to me in a case, they don't have to put a special Death Star box. The figures got me there. The minifigs are cool ideas. They're not six by nines, so the, if you're a carded collector, you got to suddenly come up with a place to put them. You can't put them in numerical order unless you let them float in a star case or something. As an OCD collector, that would bother me. But I like the cards. I like the fact that they want Revenge of the Jedi. I like the figures that they chose. It was just the box. I just don't think that box is worth it. And I think they could have done better. I wish that they would have just charged more and gone plastic. Give us a Death Star carrying case. They used to sell the C3 3PO carrying case for $25, and it talked. Mm -hmm. And if the exclusive is you give us a Death Star carrying case with these figures in it, then later they can market the Death Star carrying case without the figures in it to regular stores, and we get a carrying case. There'd be some ways to do it. Hello, Star Wars Action News. This is Matt from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Central on the forums. And yay, my target has some stuff. They have all, they don't have figures, any of the new figures yet, but they have all the new vehicles. So I got one of each, and the attack shuttle, which is big, really big, it's fun. So I got all those, and hopefully soon they will have all the figures. I checked my Walmart, and there's nothing there. But at least Target has a huge end cap, and that is awesome, so it makes me happy. So check your Targets, everybody. Maybe something's there. All right, have a good day. I just love the joy, and he's so happy he's <laughs> singing. The attack shuttle, I'm actually, I said I set my price for that at 60 I may be picking one up this week at Toys R Us with the 20% off coupon. It's a little over 60 but I suggest, again, like Toys R Us, get that coupon. Attack shuttles are showing up at mine, at least. Hi, guys. This is Jimmy. I was just calling about the General Grievous that came in the uh, Episode 3 4-pack. Um, I'm sorry to say that the cape actually is not wired, 
But because of the way it's quilted around the backside, it actually holds open very nicely. And uh, I was lucky to get all six of them uh, in one shot. Uh, and Arnie was right. They are box, one per box. So, you know, usually if you find one, you're going to find all six unless someone's just, you know, buying the original trilogy because they opposed the, you know, prequel series. But, um, but anyway, the only thing I had to complain about this set in particular was after I'd gotten it home and I was inspecting my Grievous very carefully, I realized he's missing his right hand. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do about that one. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to find another set to return this one. But, uh, boy, he just can't hold a lightsaber without a hand. But uh, I'm going to continue to look around. Maybe I'll find another set and I can uh, have a one to keep in a box and an opener, I guess, because uh, I plan on displaying these anyways. But the uh, the back of Grievous' cloak even has uh, a real nice uh, tribal artwork on the back of it. It's real cool. I think it'll look real good on my uh, display case and everything. And uh, besides that, that really nice set. I think it was really worth the money. Four pieces, $24, lots of extras in it. Well, not lots, but, you know, a couple extra lightsaber hilts and uh, extra gun. It's pretty nice. I like it. And uh, I'm going to do, I think, what Arnie said, and I'm going to get these little uh, posters framed. I'm going to display them in my movie room. Well, anyways, have a great day, guys. Thank you for the podcast. Hi, Arnie. Hi, Marjorie. This is Jimmy again. I was calling about the uh, episode three set. We were talking about the uh, Grievous. Anyways, I kind of lucked out. I went to the other Target on the other side of town, and I actually found one that had a hand on it. So that was good. I was able to trade that one in. But uh, after I took them out of the package, I realized the quilting on the backside is actually not quilting. It's little pockets for the extra lightsabers that come with him. And uh, that is just one of, I think, the coolest little add-ons they do right there to add that effect, you know, the extra lightsabers that he's collected from the Jedis in the back of his cape. Just really cool add-on they did there. And, uh, you know, probably not, you know, the greatest figure, you know, as far as posing and, and, you know, standing up and stuff. But I'll tell you what, just really good effort in this one. I like it a lot. But I'm going to take some pictures of it, and I'll send it to you guys. All right? Thank you, guys, and keep up the good work. Thanks for the report. That is very cool that they went through the extra detail to add a place to put the lightsabers. And, you know, I was thinking you should keep the General Grievous missing a hand because then you have a Obi-Wan dual Grievous. Yes, there you go. Hi, my name is Sam. My dad is Eric, also known on the boards as Echo 3. I am very excited for Celebration 6 in the Swan Party. I just started listening to the podcast. I enjoy it. I collect Star Wars figures. My favorite movie is A New Hope. Thank you for podcasting the show, and see you at Celebration 6. Thanks for the voicemail. Thank you very much. Glad you enjoy the show. We have no plans for a Celebration 6 party at this time, but if that's something listeners would like, let us know, because we definitely want to give listeners what they want. We know our Celebration 5 party was a big success, but Celebration 6, still over a year off, so we're not making any plans other than that we're going to be there and covering the con. At this point, we're thinking about a party, mm-hmm. but it's a long way off, and we got to see if that's something listeners want, so let us know. Hey guys, this is Phil, wannabe Trooper on the forums. 
Now, last weekend I managed to pick up some very interesting figures at my local FP store in Newcastle. I managed to find, actually eventually find, Wicket from the uh, Wave 3 of the, of the Vintage line on the sort of Return of the Jedi card. And I managed to find the Gamorrean Guard again on the Return of the Jedi card, uh, which I believe is Wave 3 again. Now, I think the actual interesting find of the day of the day had to be hiding behind two or three clone troopers and it was um, Wedge Antilles on the Return of the Jedi card from the Vintage line. Now I managed to pick up about three of these, uh, one from yourself and uh, picked one up for Steve and the sort of last one is actually for anyone out there that, that wants it. Uh, I paid ten ninety nine for the figure and um, I'll be willing to send this to anyone that, that wants the figure uh, that can PayPal is the 10.99, and I'm willing to do free shipping to uh, anywhere in the world. So no hassle on that one. Anyway, guys, as usual, keep up the good work with the show, and hopefully I'll speak to you all soon with some more interesting finds from the UK. Thank you, Phil. That is very tempting. And you know what? I'm really tempted to email you myself to get the wedge, but I'm going to let a listener email you instead. And also, happy birthday, Phil. Yes, he has the same birthday as I do. So, Phil, I will never forget your birthday. But thanks for that. And listener, it's a sounds like a first-come, first-served, first-paypal thing. So whoever's watching our site and scouring for that email, get your wedge. Thank you to everyone who called. Thank you very much. Remember, if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call us at 415-508-JEDI, or you can email us an MP3 at show at SWActionNews.com. We can also do iPhone voice memos at show at SWActionNews.com. Somebody sent me something from a droid once. No, it wasn't a holographic transmission of Princess Leia, but no. something else from a droid. And I couldn't figure out any way to listen to it. So iPhone MP3 or 415-508-JEDI. Or you can send a telegram. Especially singing. Yes. A singing telegram. Absolutely. I would go for that. Absolutely. Now, to finish off this week, we have Brock here to review the latest Timothy Zahn's Star Wars Expanded Universe novel, Choices of One. So it's one choice. No, it's multiple choices by many people, but the choices of one impact the futures of all. Ah. It's like a fortune cookie. It is, yes. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club Liaison, with a spoiler-free-as-possible review of Timothy Zahn's Star Wars, Choices of One. Review copy courtesy of Delray Books. Nine months after the Battle of Yavin, the Rebels are still searching for a planet to make their new base. Across the galaxy, an Imperial governor in the Kandoris sector has reached out to the Alliance to open negotiation with promises of supplies and as a suitable system for their new base. Among the rebels sent to Kandoris are Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia Organa, and Han Solo. The Emperor dispatches Mara Jade, the Emperor's Hand, to kill this governor and to stop their agreement. And to accomplish this, she enlists the help of the Hand of Judgment. Meanwhile, Commander Pelion and his captain, Druzan, are ordered to escort Lord Odo to thwart the plans of the warlord Nuso Esfa, who has already conquered vast sections of the Unknown Regions, and word is that he is making plans to expand into the Emperor's galaxy, starting with the Kandoris Sector. What a year it has been for Timothy Zahn as he celebrates the 20th anniversary of Heir to the Empire. That book was seminal for me in getting me back into Star Wars fandom full swing, me and many other fans, of course, as it is the end of the dark times of Star Wars and the beginning of the Star Wars Renaissance. 
And what better way to celebrate this anniversary than having Timothy Zahn return to the world of Star Wars with a new book. Star Wars Choices of One, his first book since Star Wars Allegiance five years ago, is very much a sequel to Allegiance, as much of this new book revolves around the deserting Stormtrooper squad, self-dubbed the Hand of Judgment, to work with Mara Jade once more. Setting the story nine months after the Battle of Yavin seemed to motivate Zahn to develop some nice details towards what we know as a situation at the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back. Since the plot has the Rebels looking for a location for a new base, Zahn layers in little touches like, for example, how the Rebels get the cold weather equipment and supplies for Hoth. At first, he does so ever so subtly, but eventually he calls it out blatantly later on. There are many touches like that throughout the book, some subtle, some more obvious, that are fun for me as a Star Wars fan to read and pick up on, and not to mention he peppers in cameos from Wedge Antilles, Captain Rican, Darth Vader, and other fan favorites. He also uses this time frame as an opportunity for terrific character work, especially with Han Solo, not only planting in some early romantic tension with Princess Leia, but more of an exploration of his transition from smuggler to alliance leader. When we last see him in Star Wars, he is a hero of the Alliance, but still an outsider. And when we see him again in The Empire Strikes Back, he is a ranking leader in the Alliance. While the ending of Star Wars makes you believe he is now involved with the Rebels, Choices of One has Solo working through his role there, what he wants, and how the Rebel leadership go about getting him to sign up for more responsibility. Zahn really captures Han Solo well to the sly, swaggering attitude, to the know-it-all, and then the responsible risk-taker. Conversely, Luke Skywalker is portrayed in Choices of One as a little too green for me. While I agree with the take that Luke is not secure in his knowledge or his abilities yet, especially with the Force, he seems to have too severe a problem with self-confidence. With Han Solo and Princess Leia as friends, and the badge of honor that destroying the Death Star gave him, I would think a lesson in how not to be too cocksure would be in order here. Why wouldn't he be a little too ambitious at this point? Yet, he is portrayed as insecure almost to the point of incapable. While it did feel weird to read about a Luke so helpless, his stuff was fun for the most part and thankfully wasn't brought into the Jar Jar realm of mistakenly being effective. Mara Jade gets a large part of this novel, and once again we see her as the Emperor's Hand. Again, I am confused on what exactly she is. She's not a Jedi, she is trained by the Emperor and completely loyal to the Empire, yet not a Sith, and her motivations for her actions don't read like typical Sith we have seen or read about before. Furthermore, the Rule of Two, I mean, how old is she supposed to be here exactly? More explanation on this would have been most welcome. All that put aside, her scenes were exciting, well-paced, and the only Jedi-like action we get in this book. Reading her in Emperor's Hand mode was a good time, and having her pair up with the Hand of Judgment again is a treat. If you enjoyed the Hand of Judgment in Allegiance, you will really like them here. Much like the Rebel Commando books, here with the Hand of Judgment we get to experience not only the talent of this capable squad of soldiers working together, but their camaraderie with each other. Of the big three, Leia gets the shortest shrift here, but I didn't mind how she was used at all. I gladly would sacrifice a Leia plotline in this book to spend more time with Mara Jade in the Hand of Judgment as the heroes of this story. The plot of the book may sound rather simple in my earlier summary, but believe me when I tell you my summary was incredibly distilled down for time purposes. There are four separate plotlines going at once, and before they can all come together at the end, 
We have like 30 characters we are following, several plot twists, some you see coming, some you don't, and an abundance of fun. As we go back and forth to the different plot lines, never once was I confused on what was going on in each, who the players were, and why they were doing what they were doing. Mr. Zahn has crafted this book with care, and I felt I was taken on a solid Star Wars story without a burden of what I saw as a useless plot line or filler. Palayan on the Chimera had the overt mystery plot line as they try to figure out who or what Lord Odo is and why they are being tasked with what seems like a demeaning escort mission. Of all the plot lines, this one seemed the least satisfying, but what makes it work is Palayan himself. We see his military mind at work, clearly already superior to his superior officer, and how he deals with that and uses it to his advantage to get the information they all need to resolve their situation. The scenes with Cardass and Thrawn are the ones I feel pay off the least. Thankfully, they were few and tolerable, considering we get to see Thrawn in all of his strategic glory before the novel is through. The plot was layered so much and made to intertwine to the point where some of the plot's twists or, quote, surprises weren't surprises at all. There were a few surprises I didn't see coming, so I'm not going to say this book was predictable, but the way it was written... There were only two or three possibilities of how certain plot lines could resolve. And as the book goes on, the possibilities get dwindled down. So it becomes more of, how is he going to do this, as opposed to, what is he going to do with this? And hats off to Mr. Zahn for his craftsmanship. And I felt content with how the plot lines resolved. Kudos also have to go to the author for giving us some wonderfully satisfying action scenes that, for all purposes, should lack any sort of tension, since we know, given the time frame, the great majority of the characters in the action scenes can't die here in these life-threatening situations. If you are familiar with other EU, especially the Thrawn trilogy, it is amusing to read how Mr. Zahn dances around characters interacting with each other before they should have at this point in time most notably Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker. Some of these instances are clever, sometimes funny, other times borderline implausible. Yet I found myself in on the joke, so to speak, because of my familiarity with the other books, and I much rather have this effort to be consistent with established timeline than blatant disregard for previous works, and especially since this very author is responsible for the official first meetings of several of the characters involved in this novel. Lastly, the title, Choices of One, is a great title for this book. Humorously credited in the book to more than one source, the phrase can be applied to so many characters in this book. It was on my mind throughout my reading, and I found myself peeling back the layers of what choice and by whom made the current action I am reading about happen. Drilling back the layers of choices gave me a deeper sense of what was really going on and made the plot even more cohesive. Choices of One is the best title for a Star Wars book, in quite some time. Star Wars Choices of One has everything you expect from a good Timothy Zahn Star Wars novel. Diverse plot lines, a layered story, political intrigue, good characterizations, solid action scenes, and an understanding of what Star Wars is and what makes Star Wars good. Star Wars Choices of One is well-crafted, good fun, and a satisfying read for Star Wars fans. For Star Wars Action News and the Star Wars Action News Book Club, this is Brock. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Brock. I got a lot of enjoyment out of this novel, personally. I really, 
had fun with it. It, you know, kind of like Allegiance. It has its problems. It has its pacing, but I really found it fun to again revisit this era of Star Wars between A New Hope and Empire. And again, if you want to hear our interview with Timothy Zahn about this novel, as well as the 20th anniversary of Heir to the Empire, and some very close listeners were able to suss out some hints about his future novels, you can listen to that in our San Diego Comic-Con coverage, episode 305 in our archive section. That is our show for this week. We'll be back next week. Actually, we won't be back next week, will we? Well, we'll kind of be back sort next of. week. We're going to phone it in, literally. Well, not literally, but somewhat. Yes. We're going to Chicago Wizard World. As we have for like a decade now, I think, together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've been doing Wizard World since before we did Star Wars Action News. It's a tradition that started... When my grandma died? Your grandmother died. Yeah. And I was on my way to Wizard World to get Kit Fisto's autograph. I think this was 02. Mm-hmm. And no, it was 03. Yeah. It was 03. And I found out your grandmother died about a half hour out of town, and I came back to be with you and then realized that sitting at home probably wasn't going to bring your grandmother back. No, and, and let's be honest. If it was my grandmother, she would have gone to Chicago. And so to take your mind off of things, we went to Chicago, had a really good time. It was your first trip mm-hmm. to Wizard World, and we'd gone to Celebration too, but we we're big con goers at that point. I'd been to Wizard World one time before that one. We went to Wizard World and we haven't missed a year since. So this is our ninth annual trip. My 10th. I went one year before that to go up to Wizard World and really looking forward to it. We're going to be doing dinner after the con at Cheeseburger in Paradise. Send us an email at show at SWActionNews.com if you want to join us because we do need to reserve a number of seats. We're also going to have great badges. Chris, our graphic designer, has been doing wonderful movie theme badges. If he you this one out of the park. Oh, yeah. This one is great. I'm not going to say what movie he's doing this time, but looks phenomenal. And thanks to... You'll like it. Justin Darth Cozy for taking some pictures for me as all my figures are in boxes. And it's going to be a great time at Wizard World. But Dan and Jerry are going to be filling in as the main host next week. And Marjorie and I will have a con report. You know, there's not a whole lot of Star Wars at the con. There's a few celebrities signing Ray Park, Peter Mayhew, and some other others are going to be there and some panels, but I don't expect a lot of Star Wars content. It's more going to be a shopping trip because as I say every year, August, the retailers are sniffing the end of con season and bargain, bargain, bargain at Wizard World. We always end up with a ton of stuff that we bought at Wizard World. I'm really close to taking your truck this year because... I think we should. I was just going to say that. We couldn't fit it all in my car. I we had actually, a I had to ride home with the dogs on my lap. And was it was two years ago, Jar Jar? Or was, no, well, it was last, last year. year that you had the dogs on your lap, a giant Jar Jar next to you. And Jar Jar and, was holding stuff on his lap. And Kotobukiya filling the car. Yeah, so, we, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies of Star Wars. So I'm really looking forward to it. And so Dan and Jerry next week with us reporting from Wizard World. And then we'll be back with a full show in two weeks. In the meantime, you can hear me over at Now Playing. We just released our review of Cowboys and Aliens with Stuart, Jacob, and I. And then Brock, Jacob, and I are doing the Final Destination series. Final Destination 3 was released on Friday. Tomorrow, you'll be able to get Stuart, Brock, and I reviewing Fright Night. And then Final Destination 4 next Friday. And soon after that, the fifth Final Destination film. And over at Marvelicious Toys, Marjorie, Justin, and I did our Comic-Con coverage. And there will be another episode after Wizard World of Marvelicious Toys as well. You can find that at MarveliciousToys.com. We'll see you next week at Wizard World. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. 
You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another issue. It's an issue. <laughs> Don't play the waiting game. Or, I would just say play the waiting game. <laughs>